Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Um, I'm excited about this message. And we're going to pick up uh, um, in Mark chapter 2, uh, verse 1 through 12. Uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Uh, it's a, maybe a little lengthy passage. Uh, but who knows, there's no such thing as too much of the Word of God, right? Um, so go ahead and read it. Starts in um, chapter 2. Uh, and this is Jesus. He's coming to his little context, first of all. He's coming to um, his adult home of Capernaum. Uh, so if y'all don't know Jesus, you know, he was born in uh, Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth. But he spent his, his adult years up until the age of 30 in Capernaum. Um, so uh, everybody knew, Comper- uh, or knew Jesus in Capernaum um, before Jesus was Jesus, right? They, they knew Jesus when he was just a carpenter, and now he's the Christ. And so things are kind of different for these people in Capernaum when Jesus comes back. So it says in Mark chapter 2, it says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, people heard that he had come home. And they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Like if I was that Pharisee at that moment, I'd be really scared because he just read my thoughts, you know. You know, I was the one who's keeping it to myself. Who's ever kept, you know, uh, your opinions to themselves. But he was keeping his opinions to themselves and Jesus called him out on it. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure his eyes were wide open when he thought that. And in verse 9, Jesus is talking. He says, which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And so he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. What I want to talk about tonight, I want to talk about a faith, faith that won't quit. I want to talk about faith that that doesn't back down the first sign of opposition we've seen. I I want to talk about developing a faith of of endurance, a a type of faith like these men had who was carrying this paralyzed man that even though things weren't convenient, they still didn't quit. So I want to talk about a faith that won't quit. Uh, Let's pray together. Let's pray over service. Uh, Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight. We thank you that uh, we gather for no other reason other than to come closer to your spirit, to grow closer to your son, Father. So we speak by faith together that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to take place tonight. Uh, We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this house that you have a special anointing on this house, God. We thank you for hungry hearts, for open minds, God, that this word is going to fall upon the people of this room, God, and we're going to grab a hold of it, God. So we thank you, Jesus, that we're not here by accident, but we're here on assignment, and we're here to hear from you, God, to hear from your spirit, grow more of your peace and your love in our lives, God. We love you so much, Jesus. And everybody says, amen, 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 amen. So about, I guess about 10 years ago now, um, 
my dad and I, or my dad took me to a concert. And uh, if you don't know, I, I grew up a Christian kid. And so he took me to see my favorite artist at the time, uh, Toby Mac. Does anybody remember Toby Mac? Uh, he's still going today, you know, if y'all don't know. Like, he's still, you know, he's still relevant. He still makes good music. Uh, but when I was in middle school, I mean, Toby Mac was the guy, you know, well, if, if in, the, in the Christian circles, you know. And so my dad, you know, he, he said, hey, Toby Mac, he, he has a, he has a uh, concert in Houston at the Toyota Center. He said, let's, let's go. And uh, we didn't have tickets, and it's, you know, uh, but we said, hey, let's go and buy them at the box office. So we get there about halfway, and uh, we're listening to the radio. And uh, who remembers the radio, those things, back in the day? <laughs> we were listening to the radio. Um, now I'm forgetting what it was, KSPJ. Um, and uh, anybody remember KSPJ? I think they're still a thing. I don't know. They're still a thing. They're still around. Um, we're listening to that station, and they're talking about the concert, and they said, hey, Hey guys, just want to announce that the Toby Mac concert is sold out. You know, all the tickets are gone. And we're like, oh, we're like, and they're saying like, there's, there's no more, no more left, no more room. And we're like, oh man, we're, we're already halfway to Houston. And I was like, he was like, well, Dad, do you want us to, you know, turn around? And he was like, oh, no, nah, let, let's go. And and you know, who knows? Maybe they'll have some extra tickets. Who knows what happens? And he said, and he was like, and if you know, we get there and they have no more tickets, we can just you know make a night out of it, go get a steak or something, and and you know, call it good. So I said, okay, and so we go, we still go to uh, the Toyota Center, and we're just hoping that, you know, scalpers or something, I don't know, find somebody who has some extra tickets. And so we get there, and there was really nobody, um, you know, who had extra tickets. So we go to, like, one of the front gates, and we ask them, and they're like, you know, like, no, like, we're all sold out. Uh, there's no more tickets. And so we're like, okay, got, we're kind of bummed. And so we went to another gate, uh, you know, just seeing if they had tickets. They're like, no, we don't have any tickets. And uh, and so we're like, hey, you know what? We tried our best. And so we were walking back to the car, and on our way back, there was, you know, the last gate that we haven't checked yet. And so we said, you know, might as well. And so we go up there to that gate, ask them, you know, hey, do you have any more tickets, you know, for this concert? And they said, no, no, we don't. Don't have any more. And so we're heading back to our car, and we're, like, leaving that gate. And then that lady, you know, yells at us, said, hey, wait, sir. Like, hey, wait up. And we turn around, and, he says, and she said, actually, I have, I just found out, or it just came, came to us, we have two extra tickets. They're like, wow, that's so cool. And so, like, my dad's, like, getting out the wall. like, how much is it? And she, like, you know, she, like, looked around, and she was like, hey, just, just take them. And she, like, this said, it's for free. Like, wow, this is really cool. And so we got these free tickets. We're both thinking, hey, at least we're in. They're probably, like, the worst seats, you know, <laughs> but at least we're in the concert. Uh, and then we look at these tickets, and they're like, you know, like, man, that looks... You know, that's single-digit numbers, you know, that's like, you know, not number 3,002, you know what I'm saying? You know, I was like, wow, it's like single, like, wow. And we get these tickets and we realize that they were leftover VIP tickets that someone had paid for and that we got for free. Um, and we were able to experience Toby Mac, and that was just like, that was a dream come true for me. Like, I was just like, that was one of the best nights, um, you know, when I was in middle school. Uh, but it reminded me of, of these guys uh, who were carrying... Uh, hit their friend up to Jesus, because even though things became inconvenient for them, they, they didn't give up. I think if there's a story that our faith needs to be in the habit of, it's not giving up too easily. Uh, if there's something that we struggle with as a society now in, in, these, in these times, is that we're so used to convenience. Um, we're so used to instant gratification. Uh, who loves curbside pickup? I mean, I get upset when I'm at Chick-fil-A longer than two minutes. I'm just like, what is going on, you know? 
we're so used to things happening so quickly and easily that we allow that mindset and that to, to, to spill over to our faith. And, and sometimes we're believing for something, and at the first sign of inconvenience, uh, we tend to quit. We tend to think, okay, it's inconvenient, and we can confuse that for being it's not meant to be. And, and we confuse things for not going according to plan as a sign from God that it's not from him. And so whenever we feel that inconvenience, we, just, we, we give up so quickly because we're so used to getting things so easily, and we get so confused when things don't go according to plan. And we find our faith being constrained by our comfort zone. We, we find our faith only being allowed to go as far as it is convenience. But if there's one thing I've learned in this life with Jesus is that he wants to pull us out of our comfort zone. And a lot of times it, we're going to have to have faith even when it's not convenience. A lot of times we're going to have to believe in God even when things don't seem uh, in, in comfortable in our comfort zone. And when I think about quitting on God and why I think we can't just quit on our faith so quickly is because God will never quit on us. And I just think about how God has a plan for us, every single person in this room. If somebody wants to, needs to hear it, let me tell you right now that God's not through with you yet. And it doesn't matter what you've been through, God will never, ever quit on you. Amen? And if God will never quit on us, we can't quit on him. Those friends carrying that paralyzed man... They could have easily just quit and gave up, but they didn't. And so what we're going to talk about is developing a faith that doesn't quit easy. Uh, what I love about Riverside Church is, is, is that we, we carry the type of faith that we believe for big things. Uh, we believe, who knows, that we have a bright future here at Riverside Church. If you don't know, we got property on Salem Road that we're building to. But we got big faith. And we want to stretch our faith. We don't want to have faith that this settles for things that are comfortable. We, but we want big things from God. We want the better things from God. We want the bolder things from God. And when we want that, we have to employ the type of faith that doesn't quit. And in verse 4, and as we're looking back on it, it says that they're approaching Jesus. And they said, since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd. And when I read that scripture, I began to fill in that blank. You know, who, we couldn't, they couldn't get to Jesus because they were too busy, some of us. We make that excuse. Or we couldn't get to Jesus because it was outside of our schedule. Or we couldn't get to Jesus because it was challenging our insecurities. And we couldn't get to Jesus because things weren't going to plan. But it, but it says they made an opening in the roof. You see, these men, as we begin to just look at the, the picture they, they hear that Jesus is coming back. And like how we talked about before that they, a lot of people in Capernaum knew Jesus before he was Jesus, right? When he was just the carpenter's son. And so they hear that he's coming back and they hear about the miracles he's done. They hear how he opens the blind eyes, how, that he, how he heals the lame. And so they hear that Jesus is coming back and they know what he is capable of. And they look at their paralyzed friend and they say, this is the moment for him to be healed. So each one carrying a corner of his mat, they begin to carry him to Jesus with this thought of, if we can just get him in God's presence, he can be healed. And they get to that house, and they find that it's too crowded to get in. And they could have easily said how so many of us have said when our faith comes to a wall, and we could have said, well, it must not be meant to be, right? It must not be God's will. It must not be for me. They could have easily said, you know what, we tried our best. But I believe that they looked at their paralyzed friend, 
and faith began to build on the inside of him. And he said, now is not the time to quit. Now is not the time to give up. And they had a, such a hunger for, for Jesus that they began to build or dig a hole in the, in the roof. I mean, some of us have to get to that point in our faith, right, that we're just not going to settle for the ordinary things, that we're going to actually start doing things that God has called us to do, even that it means digging a hole, if that means to get into Jesus. And the first point for, for tonight is that the type of faith that we have to have is we have to have the faith that has a hunger for God, that has a hunger for the promises of God, the type of hunger that doesn't turn down or, or, or back off too easily, the type of hunger, right, that we don't give up even when things look like they, they aren't going to go according to plan. The, the type of hunger that those men had is that the, the house was too full. Guess what? I'm going to make another way to get into his presence. Like we could look in our, in, our, in our calendar sometimes and say, well, I don't see any time for, for us having prayer or reading my Bible or I seem too busy. But when you have that type of hunger for God, who knows you make time? Who knows that when you have that hunger for God, you'll, you'll make a way to get to church. When you have that hunger for God, you'll, you'll make a way to make that crew because you know what he offers. And that's the thing about being hungry for something. When you taste something good, it makes you hungry for it again. If, if I ever spoke, if I ever know, I love Chick-fil-A. And when I want Chick-fil-A, I will do anything for it. Like today, I knew I shouldn't. There was food at the house, but I was hungry for Chick-fil-A, and I got Chick-fil-A. But who knows when you're hungry for something and you know what it it returns to you that you will do anything for it. That's the type of faith we have to employ. I'm saying, you know what? I'm hungry for Jesus. I'm hungry for his promises. I'm hungry for a breakthrough. Because if you're not hungry for it, you're going to give up at the first wall that makes its way in front of you. If you're not hungry for the, for the things of God, the first time inconvenience shows its face, you're going to say, well, okay, it's not meant to be. I, I tried my best. I mean, imagine if those men who as soon as they saw that the house was too crowded, imagine they said, okay, well, I guess God doesn't want to heal them. But they had that hunger for Jesus. They began to make a way. And that challenged me in my spirit is that I want to always make sure that it doesn't matter what's going on, I'm going to make a way to get to Jesus. I'm going to make a way to spend time with him. I'm going to make a way to get to his promises. I'm going to have that type of hunger that doesn't settle for anything less. And in Scripture, what, what Jesus said in Matthew, he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, right? For they will be filled. So if I'm hungry after God, if I'm hungry after the right things, if I, if I thirst for the things that he has to offer, it will never come back in vain. That's what I love about Jesus is that when you pursue after him, he's not trying to run away from you. He's not trying to avoid you. He said if you, if you pursue and if you hunger and thirst after me, guess what? You're going to get filled up. So we have to have that type of, of faith that has a hunger for him, that is willing to be passionate about him, that is willing to go that extra mile. Because I know that if I'm hungry for Chick-fil-A, I'm going to go that extra mile, right? But if you're hungry for Jesus, you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to go that extra mile. I'm going to spend that extra time in prayer. I'm going to spend that extra time reading the word because I know what he has to offer. If I think there's one thing we have to understand is what Jesus offers us. Once we understand what he offers, we're never going to go back to anything else. We're never going to go back to the things that the world has to offer. Because once we understand, right, and I love how he says in the book of John when Jesus said, if you hunger after me, if, 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 if you hunger after me, you'll never go hungry again. What he was trying to say is that when you hunger after God, you'll never be hungry for the world. 
when you hunger for the things that he has to offer, you never be hunger after things that the world has to offer because he knows that the world only offers empty calories, right? The, the world will only offer things that make you feel good in the moment, but after a while, you're going to feel just as empty as you were before. But when we hunger after the things of God and we have that type of faith that says, God, you know what? Even after, I just need to get in your presence. I just need to get in your presence. I need to spend more time with you. I just want to, even if, even if I have to get outside my schedule, get outside my routine, even if it has to be in my inconvenience, I just want to spend time with you. And that's what God honors. You know, to get in God's presence is supposed to be a sacrifice. In the Old Testament, right, anytime they got in his presence, what happened beforehand? A sacrifice, right? Well, in the mirror way, when we get in his presence, yes, we don't have to sacrifice an animal, but we're going to have to sacrifice some time. We're going to have to sacrifice, you know, maybe going out with friends. You know, there should be a point when you're saying, you know what, I'm going to make a sacrifice for Jesus. I'm going to sacrifice some time. I'm, I, I might sacrifice a TV show, right, some Netflix time, because I want to I honor God, and I want to put him first. I want to have a hunger for him. And we have that type of faith. I'm telling you, you're always going to be filled up. You're always going to be filled up. And what I love about Jesus, when I'm filled up with him, I don't have to worry about being hungry for other things. I, I, I don't have to worry about craving or having desires from the flesh because I, I stay filled up with Jesus. And when you stay filled up with him, you won't hung, be hungry after all those things. But you got to stay filled up with Jesus. You have to have that faith that has a hunger for him. Because when you, when, who knows when, when, you're, when you have that hunger for him, you'll do anything. And that's what those, those men did, that they, they, were, they were so hungry for Jesus. They did something crazy like, like digging a hole in a roof. They did something crazy like going up and, and, and carrying him and, and, and so out of the way. And I'm sure people were looking at him like, what are these guys doing? But they were hungry for Jesus. But when I was thinking about this story, they, they had this hunger. And they had this passion to get to Jesus but they didn't take the easiest route to get there. Like if I was thinking, you know, okay, they, they have a friend who, who's paralyzed, right? This, this need, right? There's, there's obviously this big need, and they're, they're passionate for Jesus. So I would think they would have just said, okay, you know what? I got you, boy. We're going to make a way. We're going to plow through all these people, and we're going to start throwing hands and all this, and we're going we're gonna to get you to Jesus. Like I would think that, like, you know, they would have started pushing people down, say, hey, you know what? My need is greater than your need. I need to get to Jesus more than you do and start pushing people away. But they, but they didn't. I, I think that if they would have done that, if they would have pushed people down to get to Jesus, and if they would have came to Jesus with a heart of entitlement of saying, God, God, uh, oh God he, he deserves to be healed or his need is way greater than any of these people's needs, I, I don't think they, they would be able to not even make it to Jesus. I don't know if Jesus would honor that because we can't pull people down to get closer to Jesus. That's not the answer. We, we, we can't push people down and, and pull, people, pull people down and, if, and think that's going to bring us closer to Jesus. The, the heart that they had, and the second point, is not only were they hungry, but they had a faith that was humble. That they had a faith that was humble. It says they, they dug a hole in the roof and lowered it before Jesus. And they had this, this, this humble faith, a faith that wasn't prideful, a faith that wasn't entitled, a faith that just said, Jesus you know, he, he could they could have easily right pushed people aside, made a big scene. I guess it was kind of a big scene, but it was they 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 had this humble heart about it. And when they had that that humble faith, 
that said, God, I just want to be in your presence. And they didn't have an entitled faith of, of saying, God, I deserve this or God, I deserve that. When they had that, that humble faith about it, that is what caught Jesus' eye. They didn't have the type of faith that, that thought, you know, everything was below them. They didn't have the type of faith that, that said that they deserved to do this or deserved to do that or was entitled for that. I know sometimes we can have that type of faith where we, we read one scripture and they say, okay, God, I deserve it now, right? <laughs> Give me my breakthrough. Give me this miracle. Get whatever this, I, I, I did this. And if we go with that type of entitlement of saying, God, I deserve this, I deserve that, we will never see our breakthrough. Because who knows that we don't deserve anything in this world. Anything that God gives us is all by his grace. It's not by our works. And so when we go into that place, not with entitlement, but we have humble and humility of the saying, God, even if you don't do this, even if the, my breakthrough doesn't come, I still just want to be in your presence. That's the type of faith that God honors. See, God doesn't want to be some magical genie, right, that you only come to his presence, right, and sing a couple songs because you want something from him. He wants to have that kind of humility that says, God, I, I just want to be in your presence. And even if this doesn't happen, even if my breakthrough doesn't come, even if this doesn't happen how I hope it does, you know what, God, that's not what I'm in this for. If there's something that I've learned, it's that I made up my mind that even if the worst happens, I'm not going to turn my back on God. I, I'm not going to act like that God hasn't been good to me. Because we have to have, when we have that faith, it's say, God, I just want to spend time with you. I'm not in this for what you can give me. I'm in this for, because I love you. Because I know that without you, I am nothing. I'm not here so this so I can experience prosperity or this. Or those things are all just added on to it. The main thing is I'm in this for you. Amen. I'm in this for you, Jesus. And when you have that kind of humble heart, when we have that kind of faith that doesn't, doesn't mind, you know, digging a hole, doesn't say things are below them, doesn't, doesn't mind be a, being a servant, that doesn't mind going the extra mile, that doesn't mind serving in the serve team, that doesn't mind doing things that, that others might say is below them. When you have that type of faith, that's when God honors it. Because even Jesus said, right, the last will be first and first will be last. What he's trying to say, Amen. you want to have faith? that breaks through things, start serving people, right? Start, start having a type of faith that is humble. If you walk into God's presence with entitlement, I'm telling you, you're not going to feel his peace. But you walk into God's presence with a humble heart, and you say, God, I just want to serve you. I just want to be a servant. I, I have this humility. And when you walk in that, this loving on him, that's when peace will begin to wrap its arms around you. Because when we have that humble type of faith, that is what brings God's attention on us. Because God doesn't want to look down and, and, and see us thinking we're entitled to his love, thinking we're entitled to his purpose and his peace. But when we walk in with humility, that is what he blesses. And what, when, when you look at this story, as we're reading it, this, this paralyzed man, he, 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 he gets dropped before Jesus. And the first thing that Jesus says is that, your son, your sins are forgiven, Right? And this guy's like, okay, but that's not what I'm here for. Well, that's not what I need, right? Like, I'm still paralyzed. But when I was, when I was thinking about, like, I was like, why, would the, why did Jesus start with that? Why not heal him and then forgive him, right? Why, why not make him get up and walk first and then say, also, by the way, your, your sins are forgiven? But I, I realized the point that he was making. Those Pharisees who, who saw him and had that thought, right, like, who is this guy forgiving sins? When they saw that, 
and, and they questioned that. And when, when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, notice in, in the scripture, nobody cheered. Nobody said, oh, yay, like they did that after he was healed. But what that was showing to me is that the biggest breakthroughs that happen in our life will be the ones that nobody sees. The biggest breakthroughs will happen in our life. Like, who knows? The, big, the, the, the greatest miracle you could ever experience is salvation. That's the greatest miracle you could ever experience. And the biggest breakthroughs you will receive in your life will be the ones that nobody will, will notice. Will be the ones that go over everybody's head. I mean, you'll be living a life and you'll have a breakthrough on the inside of you and people won't notice it. And you have to have that type of faith, that, 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 that humility that says, I'm willing to have breakthroughs that go unnoticed. And when he said, hey, son, your, son, your sins are forgiven. And Jesus showed how that was even a greater act than him stepping out and, and walking from being paralyzed. And, and it showed that these breakthroughs were happening. It reminded me of, of like, the, he, he looks up and, and, he, and he says, my sins are forgiven. Like, that's not what I asked for. That, 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 that's not what I came here for. What, I, what is so awesome about Jesus is that he knew what the biggest need was in the room. A lot of us thought it was because he was paralyzed, but he saw the biggest need was his soul. Jesus knows what your biggest needs is. And you have to have that humility to step into his presence and say, Father, not what I need, but what you know that I need, right? Not what I think I need. I mean, there's a lot of times when I thought I needed something and God showed me what I really needed. And say, God, thank you so much for showing me what I really needed. And when he sold him what he really needed, then he was able to step in and, and he was able to heal him from, from being paralyzed. And that's when everybody started going crazy and they said, oh, and everybody was in awe. But you can't, don't, don't be discouraged when God does a breakthrough for you on the inside and you don't get a, a, a pat on the shoulder or a hand clap, right? Because the biggest breakthroughs will go unseen in your life. The biggest breakthroughs in your life, the, 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 the times when, when God breaks addiction off you, the, the, the times when God is able to take unforgiveness out of your soul, the biggest breakthroughs you will experience will go unnoticed. And you have to have that humility to say, God, God, even if it goes unnoticed, even, even, even if I'm not recognized for, for my prayer time, even if I'm not recognized for, for my heart of worship, God, that's, I'm not in it to be recognized. God, I just want to grow closer to you. We have that type of heart, that humble heart. That's when we're able to really step into everything that he has for us and all the breakthroughs. And that's when he was able to have the thing he wanted, right? And when he was healed from being paralyzed. And then, and that, but the greater miracle was that of him before when God was forgiven his soul. In verse 5, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, uh, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. That's in verse 5. But what, what, what jumped out to me is that Jesus saw their faith. It didn't say that Jesus saw the paralyzed man's faith. Jesus saw their faith. It, their faith, right? Are y'all catching it? And that's, that stuck out to me because I was thinking, man, it wasn't just based off the paralyzed man's faith. It was based on his friend's faith. And a lot of times we can get caught up and we can think we can do this journey all by ourselves. That if by our faith alone, then we can get to our breakthrough. But the third point for tonight is that you're going to make sure that your faith has help. That your faith has help. Because if you think you can get to your miracle alone, I hate to break it to you, but you can't. God created the church and, and people for a reason. We're meant to do this journey together. 
and he had help. He had these four friends with him. He had these four friends with him that, that they weren't afraid of faith. And that's what the type of people we have to surround ourselves who aren't afraid to have that risky type of faith, who aren't afraid to speak life over a situation. We need to have those faith boosters. Who's thankful for those faith boosters in our life, right? Who's thankful for those people that you can give a call when you're feeling down about yourself and they remind you who you are. They remind you about your identity in Christ. They remind you that you're the head and not the tail. They remind you that greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. And you talk to these people and all of a sudden you feel like you can't take on this. If you can't step out into that, who's thankful for those type of people? But it's those type of people that, that we have to surround ourselves with, those faith boosters. We can't surround our, ourselves with faith vacuums. I mean, who knows those people? That as soon as you tell them one good thing, they tell you five bad things about you. Like, oh, man, okay, you know, right? And they just suck the faith out of the room. And, if you, and then you surround yourself with those people, and then you wonder why, you know, you don't have the faith to step out. But we have to have that type of faith that helps us, that pushes us, surround us with people. Surround us with the type of people that said, you know what, I know things are going wrong in your life. And sometimes we have to be that type of people for others, right? That's what the church is. And we have to be able to encourage one another to, to, to be the church. And, and when we did that, Jesus saw, said that they, after seeing their faith, he healed the paralyzed man. And that's what I love about Riverside Church is that we're a church with that type of faith. We're, we're the church with that type of faith who believe for big things and aren't surprised when it happens. We're, we're the type of a church who encourages one another. We're the type of church who's not afraid to, to challenge the status quo and say we need to step out. We need to step outside our comfort zone. We need to step outside convenience. We need to make sure that we're not settling for anything less than God's best. We have to surround ourselves with that type of people and have to realize that we can't do things by our faith alone. I know sometimes we can get caught up and, and, and think, well, if, this, if it's just me and God, you know, I'll make it to everything he has for me. But God put people in your life for a reason. God put people in your life for a reason to, to help you with your journey. Because if, 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 if you totally disregard people, you're going to disregard your purpose. I, I hate to break it to you. You need people in your life to steer you in the direction that God has for you. And so we have to have the, the faith, but we have to have the faith that has help. We need to surround ourselves with some faith boosters. We need to surround ourselves with, with people who encourage us. Because if we surround ourselves with vacuums, I'm telling you, we're going to have a tough time stepping into all the things God has for us. But we have to have faith boosters around us. We have to have faith that has help. We have to have people around us that is always encouraging us, that is always steering us the right direction. And I believe that's why we're in this room tonight. Because I want us tonight to know that wherever, it doesn't matter what's happening, we have people in the room who's going to believe with us. Right? We have people in the room who's going to speak according to what God has for us, God's will for us. And if we have that type of faith, like we're talking about, if we have that type of faith, I believe we're going to have a faith that doesn't quit. Because, man, I want to develop a faith that doesn't quit, a faith that, had, that is able to endure, a faith that doesn't stand down to anything. Man, I want to have that type of faith that those, those friends had, that the paralyzed man had, that even when everything was so inconvenient, even when the house was crowded, I mean, we can make so many excuses, right? I mean, there's so many excuses we can make. And the first time, well, I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I'm too this. I'm too that. But when you said, you know what? I'm not going to quit on my faith right now. 
I know my schedule. I know this. I know that. I know that might not work out how I wanted this, 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 that. But you know what? I'm not going to quit right now, and I'm going to pursue after God's promises for me. And we have that type of faith that, that doesn't just stand down to, to inconvenience, doesn't just stand down to pressure. And we have that type of faith that says, you know what? I know that if I pursue after God, right, that's never going to return in vain. I mean, who's thankful for that? That there's never going to be a point in time when God's going to disappoint you, when God's going to leave you, when God's going to forsake us. I mean, that's the key truth that I hold to my soul, that as long as I don't quit on God, I know God's not going to quit on me, that God's never going to, to leave me behind. I know the type of faith that if I employ it to the best regards and I can remove the ceilings over my life, and I think that's what one of the things that those, those, those men were doing is that they were moving the ceiling quite literally, right? They dug a hole through the ceiling. Almost type of saying, you know what, if you have a faith that doesn't quit, you can break any barriers in your life. There will be no ceiling that can contain you. There will be nothing that can cap your faith, that can cap your potential. Because when you have that type of faith that says, you know, I'm not quitting. I know what it looks like. I know what it seems. I know what people are saying. I know what's going on. But I'm not going to quit on my faith. I'm not going to quit on what God has for me. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. Jesus is so close. Jesus, I know what I know what he has in store for me. I'm not going to quit just because it's inconvenient. When you have that type of faith, church family, I'm telling you, you're just going to start seeing all the potential, the, the ceilings. You're going to start seeing holes coming through. You see breakthroughs in your life. Will you stand with me? I'm, I'm closing. There's something I want, the, the last thought I want us to, to leave with tonight, then we're going to pray. And what I, what I really want us to pray for is that, that we just develop the type of faith that doesn't quit. This is what I want to leave you all with tonight, is that the main quality of faith we need is this one that doesn't quit. And this is what I want you all to catch, is that I'm not saying that we need a faith that's perfect. We just need a faith that perseveres. God doesn't require you to get everything right God just, just, just wants you to not quit on him. God doesn't require you to be mistake-free, to, 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 to never say or do the wrong thing because he knows we're human. All he wants us to do is to get back on that horse and not quit. The, it says in Scripture, right, the, the righteous man falls, you know, seven, eight, six times, but get up seven times. We just can't, when we have the type of faith that doesn't quit, that is when we can, can remove all the things that, that we thought were there, all the things, uh, the, all the, the excuses that we made, all the th reasons of inconvenience and, and all the doubt that was there when we choose not to quit. That's the only type of faith that God requires. Not us being perfect, not us having everything right, not us uh, being the perfect saint. All we have to do is be a person that doesn't quit. If we have that type of faith, I believe that there is nothing that we can't accomplish together. I believe that there's nothing that we can't do together. I believe that if we have that type of faith that doesn't quit, that there's no peace that will escape us. There's no purpose that will be beyond us. Uh, if we have that type of faith, come on, I, I believe that addiction will fall off of us. I, I believe that depression will fall off of us. I believe things will begin to fall away, and it will all because we chose not to quit. I just want to encourage somebody with just a loud voice saying, don't quit tonight. Just don't quit. Don't give up on Jesus. Don't give up on your purpose. Don't give up on your promises. Don't, don't give up on the things that is in store for you. Don't, don't give up. Don't quit. If there's something that, saying, that God is saying tonight, is don't quit. Don't give up on him. Don't give in to the enemy. 
don't think, oh, just because it's, it's it, the, the same old excuses or the same old inconveniences, don't quit. Push through them. Trust God. If there's a key to, to not quitting, it's that I'm just going to trust God no matter what. I'm going to step outside my comfort zone. I'm not going to give up just because it's inconvenient. I'm going to trust that God has better in store for me. So I want us to sing some songs, and we're going to pray tonight. But, man, I just want us to get that mindset of, God, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting in 2021. I'm not going to quit on the purposes that you have for me, God. I'm not going to quit on, on the things that you instilled for me. Man, I believe that God has put some dreams in your heart, some passions on your mind. And God that says, I'm not through with you yet. I'm not done with you yet. I don't want you to quit on those things I have for you. There's so many promises that God has in front of you. There's so much peace that God has in store for you. There's so many things ready at your fingertips. And just like those men that were, that were carrying that paralyzed friend, they said, you know what? I'm not going to quit. I'm so close to Jesus. I'm not going to wait till tomorrow. I'm not going to wait till it's more convenient. No, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to push through. Even if I have to start removing some ceiling tiles, even if I have to start digging a little deeper, I'm not going to quit. Because I believe if I just push through, if I keep on pushing, if I don't give up, if I keep on praying, if I, if I keep on praising, if I keep on worshiping, if I keep on spending time with Jesus, if I keep on bringing him closer to me, if I just don't quit, man, I believe that I'm going to see my breakthrough. I'm going to see my miracle. I'm going to see the things that God wants in store for me. Come on, let's sing a song together. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.